everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Tennis One podcast. Madison Golden, Patrick Kuehl, and it's St. Patrick's Day. So as you can see, Patrick is sporting, for those watching on YouTube, he's sporting his green Wilson hat. So happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. And also happy Indian Wells slash start of Miami in just a few days. So we're getting ramped up with that. But Patrick was actually lucky enough to be able to go to Indian Wells. So Patrick, can you just let the fans know kind of your experience for those of us who have not been fortunate enough yet to get to go to the tennis paradise. Yeah, tennis paradise. It's so funny to use that hashtag for everything. You know, in the past, I think it was like hashtag BNPPO22 or something like that. But this year, they're really letting you know this is this is the best place to come to a tennis tournament. They've it's you know it's beautiful there. It's just with the mountains in the background there's palm trees you can see the snow on top of the mountains just when you're like sitting in the stands you know as they say it's a dry heat like it's not sweaty it's just a yeah perfect place so you know i think that's why you see so many players they play singles and a lot of them play doubles i think the prize money might be a little better as well but people want to stay there as long as possible (laughs) i know that you know i used to work at wilson and do a, a photo shoot all the different tennis companies have their marketing photo shoots there the week before the tournament starts, because again, the players come early because they just want to be in, in, you know, the desert. And it's uh, yeah. Even that first week before the tournament starts is, is really fun. If you work in the tennis industry, because like I said, so many people are out there to do photo shoots or whatever. And there's, there's parties. There was the desert smash event, um, which maybe some of you guys saw with celebrities playing tennis in at La Quinta, which is, just a beautiful resort and sort of like a tennis paradise. It's It's been around a long time and has a lot of history, um, but they, they hosted an event there. So that was cool. But, but yeah, I, I had to go. It was the first time I've been to the tournament since 2019 because wow. I, I was out there in 2020, we were doing the photo shoot and all of a sudden Alex Steven R gets a text and it's just like, holy shit, they just canceled the tournament. And Oh my God. Oh yeah. Cause it was literally right then. Yeah, it was, oh my gosh. everybody was out there. Everything on the grounds was set up. Like I remember Tennis Warehouse, they have a giant tent that has every tennis company in there in terms of rackets and clothing. And and they had all that set up, ready to go. And yeah, they, they canceled it. And it was kind of, you know, that was March, 2020. And oh. we all know. yeah, <laughs> Shook <laughs> the world for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome to be back out there. I mean, it was there were too many people excited to be there because I I'll maybe talk about this later, but I'll just say on Saturday uh, of the actual tournament being played, I've never seen so many people at a tennis tournament and there's good, good things about that and bad things. I can talk about it later, but yeah, just tons of people excited to be out there. And um, yeah, I could have stayed longer, but like you said, we're doing Miami open and going to be down there for almost three weeks. So had to get back. Have a fiance. Yeah. <laughs> and a dog. And a, and dog. a dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned um celebrities and the celebrity tennis match, uh, the desert smash pink played in it. I'm wondering, because I'm uh, as we know, I'm like the resident pop culture, love you news, love celebrity gossip, all that stuff. Did you see any other celebrities while you were there? Let's see. I know Steve Carell was there. He just loves to watch tennis. I mean, he's he was at the US Open. Obviously, he played Bobby Riggs in that movie, Battle of the Sexes, a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so he's a big tennis guy. I think it was pretty well documented that Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki were both there because they're they're big tennis players themselves. I know they both play junior tennis and are and are good. I think they're friends of Tommy Haas, so they were a lot Steve of Steve Nash is really good. We saw him yeah. play in San Diego, the celebrity match in 2021, and he was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. He definitely played junior tennis and and so did Dirk, but you know, especially for Dirk being, you know, eventually he got so tall, it just made sense. I think maybe basketball was the better route for him. But he yeah, he can still he hits a one, so he's he's legit. But uh yeah, it was cool to see actually Steve Nash was tweeting that he, he both he and Dirk thought Carlos Alcaraz is the best athlete in the world in any sport. So wow. we'll take that. Wow. What a take in any yeah. sport In any sport. I mean, obviously every sport requires something different, but I'm not going to argue with him. I mean, especially after if anybody saw last night's match against uh, Felix, Ajay Alisim, <laughs> Alcaraz is just like, he just gets absolutely everything. Like at one point, the Jim Courier commentating the match was just like, he's there. How in the world is he there? Like, how does Alcaraz get to every one of these balls and just, yeah, he's something else. So, but yeah, I think those are the three celebrities I, I know of, but I, you know, I actually have one that I want to ask you about right now. Did you see what happened with your girl, Morgan Riddle? I did. I did. I saw she went viral for it. Do you want to kind of walk everybody through the situation? And then I, I can kind of comment on how she poked fun at herself. <laughs> Exactly. So <laughs> Martin Fuksevich, who is from Hungary, <laughs> is a professional tennis player, has done very well in this tournament and is jacked, just super cut, looks like a statue when he takes his shirt off. And as players often do on the court, they take their shirts off to change because the shirts are so sweaty or whatever. And he took his shirt off and it was on camera. And of course the crowd is sort of wooing and stuff, you know, letting them know they appreciate it. But the tennis, the broadcast feed cut to Morgan Riddle at one point, they showed a series of women just sort of smiling as he was. And then it ended with Morgan Riddle, who's Taylor Fritz's boyfriend, sorry, girlfriend. And Taylor Fritz was playing in the match against Vucevic. <laughs> And she was also sort of, you know, it appeared smiling and sort of gawking, but tennis TV, I believe was the one that tweeted the video and Morgan quote tweeted it and said, this was a targeted attack. So <laughs> she thinks it's a conspiracy, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it's just kind of funny that, you know, obviously her boyfriend was playing, but then that was the reaction that was caught on camera. Um, but yeah, she, she ended up making a couple of TikToks actually like, further poking fun at herself kind of saying I ended up going viral on Twitter not the first time and you know for something as funny as that and then she actually cut the clip of her reaction and fused it together with Taylor playing so it was kind of like she she took that to kind of make it more look like and I also wonder because I I know that they were mic'd up for quite a few matches for the next season of Breakpoint. I wonder if that was at all caught or if that will be incorporated into Breakpoint. It will be interesting. But nevertheless, it was funny. I'm a fan of her. I like her. I like Tommy Tommy Paul's girlfriend as well. So I'm yeah. here for it. Is she is she like into she's in a like she rides horses, it seems like. I'm always seeing Tommy posting on his story riding horses these days. And I don't recall that before he was with her. So do you know is she like into horseback? Yeah. Riding? 
Yeah. So she, she was in New York city, kind of like an, in New York city socialite, so to speak. But then she actually like made this whole podcast talking about, you know, the toxicity of living in New York city and how she wanted to just be in nature. And she's a big fan of horseback riding. She was a big skier. So she actually brought, bought like this farmhouse in Connecticut and they go horseback riding. And she actually took Tommy Paul skiing for the first time that he's ever skied. And he actually did really well. Obviously the guy's a given athlete, but skiing and tennis, that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. So yeah. And it makes me a little nervous. I think I remember the, uh, when was that? Maybe a couple months ago, Federer posted a video of him skiing and he said it was the first time he'd done it in, you know, more than 10 years, maybe he said like 14 or 15 years, or it's, uh, you're taking a big risk. If you're a professional athlete and you go skiing, I don't care how good you are. That's true. A lot of people that aren't good and anything can happen out there. So yeah, that's a good point. Risking the tears. Thankfully he was wearing a helmet. I'm such a big advocate for wearing a helmet when you're doing anything like that. So you got to do that, but yeah, that's a good point. He could, I mean, you you never know you can tear even just getting off the ski lift. I mean, no, literally (laughs) happen every time. I mean, maybe I'm just a klutz, but every time I go skiing, something happens currently dealing with like a slightly broken finger from the last time. So yeah, Ah, I don't know if you're a pro tennis player, especially Tommy's playing so well, I would just say, take it easy on the extreme sports that, you know, even horseback riding, you can get throw off that thing. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. He did ski back in December. So at least it wasn't obviously maybe, you know, he, he played well after that. So well, (laughs) annual ski trip. (laughs) Imagine if he'd gotten hurt skiing in December and no Australian open run. And that, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't be doing as well as as he is now without that run. So that makes me nervous. That's a good point. So Tommy, if you're listening, we care about you, buddy. We want you to do well. Just <laughs> let's uh, maybe save that for another time. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> talk about our draft. Give the yeah. update on our, our last episode. We drafted teams for Indian Wells. It was Madison, myself, and our colleague Laura Sunday, who didn't uh, didn't want to come on here and brag about leading the men. I told her that if she wasn't coming on, she's disqualified <laughs> from the draft. So. Now, Madison, it looks like with that, you are leading the men (laughs) now. But yeah, uh, Madison and I both, all of our players are out and Laura still has two in. So she still has Medvedev and Yannick Sinner slash Darren Cahill going strong. (laughs) We had some tough go. I mean, I'll just say I was a little embarrassed when I realized that Nori and Wu were playing each other in the second round. I thought I had checked the draw on all my picks, but clearly that one I just winged and yeah, that was not good. But you were, you were guaranteed a winner. I mean, if they both, yeah. they both could have lost if they didn't play each other, you never know. True. But it was just like in the second round, I'm like, Oh God, that is a hamstring or a handicapping myself big time. There. <laughs> but let's see, you had Tommy Paul, who my God, he had six match points. I- Felix I don't know if you saw that but I did it was tough Whoa, yeah that that's a tough one to lose but uh and I'm sure that hurts I didn't play tennis but you did I'm sure that that type of situation really hurts I mean I've definitely had matches where I had match points and lost but 
I, these were not matches being played at the highest levels of tennis where there's so much money on the line as well. And so I remember how much it hurt then. I can only imagine. Oh, I mean, Pagula actually tweeted the other was, day. You know, you saw her match against Kvitova. Yes. I was just going to say, yeah. And, and she tweeted about that kind of basically saying like, that's the sport, right? Or yeah. Cause she had four match points against Kvitova and yeah, she ended up losing that match, unfortunately. And she just said, she'll never get used to the ups and downs of the sport. And it is hard when you lose, you know, with big stakes and you had that, those, all those chances to close and uh, probably tough to sleep at night after some of those, but Hey, got to get back to it the next week. So. Yeah. And, and from that standpoint, like, how do you, how does one kind of reset readjust after having that many opportunities to close out the match and make it to the next round. And like you said, get some, some big prize money. Yeah. I would just say that you have to hit the practice courts and just start playing more, more tennis to just try to forget about it. You know, it it honestly just kind of takes time and you know, the next, if you can just get some more wins soon after that, to try to get your confidence going again, that's the biggest thing it tennis it is shocking how much winning matches will help you to win more matches like when you're winning you're feeling confident and even if you're losing in a match you feel like oh i can come back and you know i've got this person like they're they're winning now but i know in my heart that i'm going to win this at the end so like i don't know i i feel like it's just getting more matches in and trying to have a short-term memory. They always say that the best tennis players have short-term memories. Probably yeah. the best athletes in general have that. Right. So, yeah, but if the next time you play that person, that for sure will, uh, <laughs> you'll be thinking about that. So that kind of makes the next time you play them harder. But Yeah, and I feel like athletes always say it's it's hard to recollect and remember those big winning moments. Like, of course, you do remember it, but you always remember when you lose. Yeah. So like you said, having a short-term memory, especially in a sport like tennis, being so individual, so mental is very crucial, but I'm sure very difficult at times as well. So, yeah, you just got to string a few wins together, which is what we're both trying to do here in the draft, having <laughs> not won either of them. Although we'll just talk about the women because the men it's over. Matt, uh, it's Laura, won. Laura won. Even Laura killed us. <laughs> On the women. Unfortunately, Madison, it looks like your players are out. You had some bad luck with Vekic losing losing early. I mean, she was going to go up against Sabalenka, so she may have lost there anyway, but she lost to Serenko, who did you see what happened with Serenko at all? No. So she beat Vekic, and then she was going to play Sabalenka in, I believe, the third round, round of 32, and she pulled out. Oh, yes. She had the, she said she had a panic attack. Uh, yeah, I, I was looking at the, I was pulling up the quote earlier just for people that didn't see the story. But basically, Saranka, who is from Ukraine, you know, has has struggled a bit with, you know, the plant when she plays against Russia, uh, Russian and Belarusian players. But she had a conversation with the CEO of Women's Tennis Association, Steve Simon, about you know, sort of the situation as it currently stands. And, you know, what I believe whether or not the IOC was going to allow Russian and Belarusian players to play in the Olympics, which the IOC always allows players for the most part to to compete, whether or not it has the flag, but 
but basically she said she had a panic attack because Steve Simon told her that, you know, even if some of these Russian Belarusian players support the war, that's just their opinion. So you don't need to worry about it that much. And to her, that, that wasn't good enough. You know, that's, she's almost like, well, you know, are you sort of keeping your eyes in a different direction? Like not even thinking about the war and that type of thing. So I guess the comments kind of rubbed her the wrong way. And, you know, she said to raise the question of how a person like Steve Simon can be a leader in the WTA and, and what should we do about it? And so, yeah, you know, the, the articles in our app, if you want to take a look in there in the, in the news section, but yeah. So she unfortunately had a panic attack, which, you know, kind of sucks for Vekic uh, that, you know, you lose to somebody, then they pull out the next round. That's never fun. So no, definitely not. Ugh. Yeah. And a, and a tough situation. I mean, obviously I can't yeah. imagine what players on either side of that are dealing with mentally. Exactly. Not going to even pretend to know, but I know the Wimbledon is going to allow everybody to play this year. It sounds like Russian, Belarusian, just obviously no flag, but so at least we know Wimbledon will have points. That is a positive. So I think not having points was too bad, especially for like Rybakina who Ugh. won and didn't really feel like she got the recognition and is just now into the top 10. And we'll talk about her later because she's in the sense. <laughs> but let's see. Okay. So just to recap the women's currently, Laura and I are tied with eight points each. Laura still has Sakari who came back in her quarterfinal match, I believe lost the first set. So, and she's a, she was the finalist last year, lost to yeah. If anybody watched Breakpoint, they will know that. And then I have Sviantek and Sabalenka. So I have two. You're looking real good right now, Patrick. (laughs) I'm looking good, but you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not uh, holding my breath yet until I see both players advance or just, you know, until it's mathematically final that I win. Can't, uh, can't brag yet, but yep. You don't win until you win. So you don't win until you win. <laughs> Addison, we've done two drafts now. What do you think is kind of the most important thing to remember when we draft players? Well, I think for myself personally, I tend to pick uh, players that we've had really good experiences talking with because that's part of our job. And I really enjoy talking to the players that I've been picking. So I think maybe I need to step away from that and not look at just their personality, but also look at how they've been playing. However, the players that I did pick are still very talented players. No doubt. It's just like you said, there's been some tough early round losses or players who couldn't quite close it. Like what happened with Fritz against Yannick Sinner last night, just couldn't quite get it done. But yeah, overall, you know, just got to look more at, at how they've been playing. And yeah, I think that I mean, that would help me. <laughs> you had the, on the women's side, you had the only wild card that won her match. I picked Katie McNally. She lost to Navarro. Knew that was kind of a toss up, but I wanted to pick Stearns, but I was like, oh, she's going to lose the second match for sure. But at least she won her first match. So, which cool for college tennis, a lot of. Uh, Very exciting. And she actually time. played well her second match too. It went to three yeah. sets. So. Exactly. So Peyton Stearns, people watch out. She's, she's coming. You and her boy. kit was great. I loved her outfit. It yeah. was so cute. It was like, Nike, it just right? looked so good on her. Yeah. And it was like a yellow, like a pastel-y kind of yellow. Very, very cute. So 10 out of 10. Love it. Yeah. I mean, and then you had Vekic, Bedosa, Pagula. I mean, Bedosa lost to Rybakina. 
Pagula, we talked about, she lost, she had four match points. So maybe just some bad luck, really. It's not, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as I had Azarenka who lost her first match, I thought that was a a good pick because she had made the final just a few years ago, but her loss doesn't look so bad now. She lost to Carolina uh, Mukova who made the quarters, right? She lost, I think. But, But yeah, anyway, so. That's where we stand in the draft. Laura won the men's. I'm tied with Laura for the women's. Feeling good about it. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, should be pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> Two players still left and they're not, uh, they're pretty solid players and they're in, you know, they have a chance to play each other in the final potentially. So that's huge. Yeah. So we'll see some internal bragging rights. Gotta love it. I'll be with <laughs> Laura down in Miami for two and a half weeks. So I'll get to rub it in her face in person. <laughs> if I win in hopefully. person, there we go. <laughs> anyway, should we uh let's just talk about a little Indian Wells before we make our predictions for semis and finals. Just wanted to ask what's the, what's the best thing that you've seen during the tournament? What's been your favorite moment so far? Yeah, so I think um I I think I have a couple, one for women's and one for men's. And I guess this isn't really necessarily one specific moment, but I absolutely love Jess Pagula and Coco Goff as a doubles partnership. And anytime they play together, I just feel like the fans love it. They are so fun to watch. Like they are my favorite. I want them to just win everything. They are just an incredible partnership. They are great people. I don't know. I just think that they're so fun to watch. Yeah. They're, they're always in sync. Have you seen when they win matches and they do their little twirl? It's like, yes, right on. So funny. It's incredible. And they are just, yeah, two just very strong individual players. And as a doubles partnership, I mean, I just want them to go far each tournament. I know obviously this tournament, they didn't make it probably as far as they could have happens and they're both playing singles as well. So obviously that's a lot of tennis for these women, but two very talented. And then on the men's side, um, the Taylor Fritz Ben Shelton match for me was pretty freaking epic. Yeah. It, uh, it was definitely to me still the most exciting matchup, like going into the match, right? Defending champ Taylor Fritz first match, you know, it was technically the second round because Fritz got a bye, but like first match at the tournament never easy especially if you're the defending champ and have to play ben first round that is (laughs) that's tough so taylor handled it really well he did did you see that were you there in person watching that one no i actually didn't go into that one um i I was watching some other matches earlier in the day and then i had to leave the grounds for some some family stuff i got my aunt and uncle out there so we watched the end of it on we watched the third set on tv though so I wish I could have gone to that match though. It was crazy and sold out, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, for sure. Again, I'll talk about this, but they had no problem selling tickets this year. So <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later, but yeah. Yeah. Did you have your standout moments on either side or both sides? Yeah. You know, I, I tried to pick some moments since I was there, just sort of, I guess I have one moment that has nothing to do with me being there, but one of my favorite things for this tournament was that, Bjorn Borg and Jimmy Connors were both there. And I feel like those are two guys that are just absolute legends that you don't see that much in tennis. Jimmy does a podcast actually with his son, but as far as like being at tournaments, you know, he's never that player where they're like panning to the crowd and oh, here's Jimmy Connors, you know, most (laughs) ATP titles ever, basically like 
you and same with Borg other than labor cup, you know, until recent years. And I remember Roger when he was retiring and he was like kind of getting real emotional in his press conference and was talking about how he wasn't going to be a ghost. And he actually mentioned Borg by name and how, you know, he kind of wasn't around the sport for like 20 or 25 years after he retired and Federer doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to make sure he's there and, you know, promoting the sport as much as possible. So it was cool to see both them there and taking photos together and doing interviews. And there are a few Borg interviews in our app actually. <laughs> and, and just from seeing the social numbers from posting those videos, I mean, one of the Borg videos has done the best of any of the other player videos we've posted. So people want to see him out. He's an absolute legend. And yeah, it's cool when, when you see those, those players showing up, especially if they haven't been around for a long time. Yeah. And like you said, taking photos together, like that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So really enjoyed that. And then the other thing just about being there and just having worked in tennis, I just love seeing all the different people that work in tennis at the events. It's, it's just fun to see them, especially from, you know, COVID where nobody was traveling or doing any of that. And especially our job, we work from home a lot. So I really enjoy getting to go and, and just see people and talk to people and, Everybody was out there, you know, that works in tennis almost. And it was great to just, you know, you just end up talking to somebody for an hour and a half, just standing in the apparel tent because whatever, you know, you just haven't seen them in a while. And so that was really fun. And I'm looking forward to, to more of that. I think my, my least favorite moment of the tournament and I'll ask yours as well, but just cause it kind of ties to that. There were so many people at this tournament on the first Saturday like I mentioned earlier, great for tennis. I'm glad they're selling lots of tickets, but you couldn't, I mean, it took 40 minutes to get to the front of like a drink line. You know, oh. my, my sisters came out, they, they haven't gone to a, a lot of pro tennis tournaments. They've been to some, but one of them had never been to Indian Wells and was super excited. And honestly, we had watched like three games of tennis and multiple hours and the rest just kind of fell away to like logistics of, trying to figure out what court to go to. And now we got to like wait in the line for the bathroom. Now we got to wait in the line to fill up our water bottles. Now we got to wait in the line to get some food. And <laughs> like, yeah, it was just totally packed. And, you know, I think that's like every event these days, everybody's trying to make up for lost time. But on one hand, it's a long line, long yeah, line, <laughs> great for tennis. But as far as an on-site experience, that was a little tough. I don't know what they can do besides maybe sell fewer grounds passes or whatever, but obviously they're trying to make up for, you know, the years they didn't have the tournament as well. I'm sure. So what about, what about you? What was, was there anybody that you lost early? You didn't want to, or. Well, I, I, I know I talked to you and Laura about this. I was just bummed that Fritz and Shelton played so early. Yeah. Like I wish that could have been ended up being like a quarterfinals match or something. Um, but obviously great for the tournament that early on they were able to, other than that, um, you know, seeing our players in the draft lose is always tough. So kind of seeing my players get knocked out one by one was a little tough, but that's tennis. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. It's tennis. And this tournament is really hard to pick this tournament because the courts are so slow. Almost anybody can win. There's probably more upsets at this tournament than any. I mean, it's kind of like Roland Garros almost where a lot of times yeah. the winner is like, Oh, that said, I think we netted out with some great semifinal matches here, both, you know, on the men's and women's side, pretty much everybody is ranked 
at least in the top 20, if not top 10, I think it looks like maybe Sinner and Tiafo are the, the two that are, you know, they're, they're in the top 20, but yeah, super exciting semifinals coming up, right? Yeah, definitely. I was just pulling up the app to see. Yeah. Like you said, on both men's and women's side, I don't, I don't know if they could really like ask for a better turnout on either side. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, seriously. Maybe we should call out nobody picked Alcaraz in our men's draft. (laughs) I think we all thought that he was the injury was maybe more serious, but similar to Nadal, I guess you can't, you can't doubt this kid when uh, he's coming back ever, apparently ever. (laughs) And like you said, he doesn't miss. I mean, he like, gets everything. Oh, he makes so little mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, just unbelievable. Just that crazy fast uh, ground stroke paired with his drop shot is like just lethal to anybody, you know, it's coming, but he hits it so hard. You have to stand pretty far back and then drop shot. (laughs) So yeah, Alcaraz, we're sorry. Well, we won't make that mistake again. We will draft you even if you're (laughs) limping into the tournament. Doesn't matter. <laughs> nope. Does not matter. Does not matter. We'll not, we'll not quit. Should no. we uh make should we make some predictions for what we think is gonna go down? Let's do it. You want to start first with the let's start with the men here. Alcaraz yeah. and center head to head is two two. This one I was really racking my brain about because they've both played incredibly well. They are both so calm and collected on court. Like Yannick yesterday, he does not like his facial expressions. He's just kind of emotionless, even when he won. And that was a big match against Fritz. I mean, that was huge win for him. Never reacted. And he, I I can't remember, was it his forehand that was like really, he hit a really fast and they talked about it on the broadcast. I can't remember what the the MPH was, but it was pretty, pretty hefty. He's definitely been hitting the gym. If you just look at him versus even a year ago or especially two years ago, you know, he's honestly a pretty scrawny kid. He was young, still is young. So that's to be expected, but I know he's definitely been hitting the weights and it shows when you, when you look at him these days. So. Yeah. His fitness is crazy. Uh, I don't want to, I think I'm going to go with Alcaraz just because of what we just discussed. He's just kind of like relentless. However, I think it's going to go three. I think yeah. it's going to be a really close match, but I think I'm going to take Alcaraz in this one. Hopefully it'll be similar to their U.S. Open match last year, which many people think is, you know, the match of the year, frankly. So that'd be really cool. They're both coming in with like huge wins. I mean, Sinner, you mentioned kind of emotionless. I think part of it is because he was playing Fritz and it's kind of a home court for Fritz. When I was out there, people were, that were from the area or whatever just tennis people they they were absolutely like oh you're going to the fritz match you're going to the fritz match like it was a big occasion out there because he is from that area people know his parents all that kind of thing so and they and they've seen him you know growing up and and playing out there and so yeah that was that was a big mental win and i think you know they're they're very friendly those two guys so he just wanted to respect him as much as possible and and then alcaraz's match with felix was also a great match and so yeah you can't really say like either player will be more mentally fatigued than the other but i will i will take alcaraz just because i'm not going to doubt the guy twice in two podcasts (laughs) (laughs) we made that mistake already so (laughs) yeah I, I think 
Alcaraz has won both times on hard court as well. The two times that Sinner won, I think one was on grass, one was on clay. So, yeah, I think we got to take Alcaraz in that one. Medvedev versus Tiafo. Who you got? Oh, Head to head is 4-0 for Medvedev. Oh, man. That statistic. I was just going to pull it up right now to see what the head to head was. Yeah. I really like how Francis has been playing this tournament, though. Yeah. I really like how he's been playing. The last time but, that they played was Miami Open 2021. So a lot has changed, especially for Francis since then. Yeah. Yeah. And Medvedev in this tournament in the past has lost so much earlier. Yeah. Definitely. So it's, it's kind of cool to see him go this far. I think I'm going to take Tiafo though. I think I am. I'm going to, I don't even know if that's like taking a chance. I think that's a, I think it very easily could go that way. Yeah. I, I think you're right. It, even though Medvedev has the head to head four Oh Tiafo, he's the American. He'll definitely have most of the crowd. He's the last American left in the tournament. And obviously at us open last year, everybody's really excited about him. Course are pretty slow. I think it'll, it'll definitely be a match. I'm just going to take Medvedev though. Just, uh, you know, he's, he's won, is he won 18 matches in a row or something right now? He's won two or three, I think he's won three tournaments in a row coming into this. Seems like he's feeling very confident and kind of knows Well, him and Alcaraz right on paper are probably the two best players, you know, in the tournament to start with Djokovic being out. So I, I think Medvedev's just playing with a lot of confidence and Tiafo will definitely keep it close, give it a fight, but I'm taking Medvedev in that one. That's a good, yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good pick as well. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We can't have all the same picks as well. You know? No, we can't. I, I really think that either one of those matches could go both ways honestly yeah i know i've said that before and it have been incorrect but i think for that it's exciting <laughs> so both those matches will be played tomorrow we're recording this on friday march 17th those matches are on saturday today the women's semifinals are taking place so the first one we have is sakari and sabalenka they play tonight at looks like 5 p.m central so 3 p.m. local time if you're if you're out in the desert. Who do you got? Sakari Sabalenka. Head to head. Sabalenka leads 4-3 and won the two most recent matches, including WTA Finals 2022. So that was at the end of the year last year. Yeah. This is gonna be, I think it's gonna be a battle because Sakari is gonna really want to get back to that final and kind of have redemption after last year. However, it could end up being the same final as last year, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But with how Arena's been playing, I'm going to take Arena. I just think that she's kind of on fire. And we've talked a lot about her finding her serve again and just how well she's been hitting that serve. Her service game is awesome right now. I think I'm going to go with Sabalenka. However, I think three. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. I think Sabalenka, just ever since she won the Australian Open, I I mean, she had a good start to the year regardless. I think she's only lost one or two matches all year. I think it's just one. So, yeah, like you said, she's the girl on fire, District 13. And uh, (laughs) Sabalenka's crushing it. I I think I'm going to take her. 
but you know, she's that player that just one off day, like you never know. I think Sakari typically is a little more consistent, but we'll see. We'll see if she can uh, do Fritz one better and get back to her, get back to her final. So. Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. And then we have Spiontech and Rabakina. They played each other in the Australian Open. Yeah, rematch of that. Head to rematch. Head. One one for that one. Who are you taking? Oh, this one, this one really. But I think it's kind of similar to Carlos. You can't really discredit or take out Iga. I think yeah. that she's gonna make the final. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I think the slower course will help Iga more. I think. Yes. She is definitely the better mover overall. Not that Rabaki isn't a good mover, but she's, you know, she's a little taller and, you know, she has a, a huge serve. And I think the slower courts, you know, make that less of a, a thing in the matchup. So, yeah, I think, I think both of us taking Sviantec here is probably the, the right pick on paper. We'll see. You never know, but you never know. But Iga defending champ, a lot of motiv- motivation to back it up. And yeah, but it but it is good that if you saw Sviantec was like, you know, there's no more lack of consistency. Like the best players are are in the semis here. Everybody deserves to be here. Everybody's top 10. And yeah, Rabakina deserves, she should be top five. So Ugh, only that before that happens. But Yeah, she's playing incredibly well. So yeah, I mean love to it could go either way for that one too i just feel like i don't know Ega just seems so on right now and yeah yeah we'll see number one for a reason i mean she's definitely been the most (laughs) consistent and had the best results over the last two years so i think yeah okay so knowing this you're you have alcaraz and tiafo in the final who i know is that yeah? You picked it. You picked Alcaraz. So who? Yeah. Who you uh, there? I, I'm going to take Alcaraz. Yeah. <laughs> I love Francis. I just feel like Carlos is just. I don't know. He's just un. He's just really unbelievable. He's like, I mean, yeah. they call them the best athlete in any sport. He's truly unbelievable to watch. He doesn't make any mistakes. He yeah. seems to have the mental game completely down like we said we thought he was injured which is why none of us picked him but despite what we thought he uh clearly is playing some really good tennis so i'm gonna take him yeah and i I have alcaraz medvedev i'm also gonna take alcaraz he just he's like the one player that you know over the last five six years everybody's been asking who's like the player that's going to take over for the big three and several times it's been like oh you know at one point it was Zverev Zverev's definitely going to be number one and then it was Sitsipas who upset Roger in Australia one year and you know there's just been this sort of group of people that they're like oh yeah this young guy he's the next person but Alcaraz is the only one that's actually been able to like do it and back it up and just seems like he's got the complete package, almost no weaknesses in his game, tons of weapons and mentally super strong. So got to take Alcaraz, I think. Yeah. Do you think it could potentially go three sets? Yeah. I mean, if it's regardless of who it is, I think more likely if it's Alcaraz Medvedev, just because Medvedev, you know, that would be the biggest result of Tiafo's career to, to win Indian Wells. Right. I mean, he made the semis of the U S open, so he's in the semis here. If he gets to the final, 
up to you if you want to say that's a bigger deal than making the, the open semis. But I just think it'll be a first time for Tiafo in that situation. And Medvedev, obviously, very good in big situations. If uh, if you guys saw, he, he only beats Novak when he's ranked number one. So he, he <laughs> likes the big occasions, right? Yeah, for sure. It's 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 a good tournament. It's a great yeah, yeah. couple semifinals that we four semifinals that we have. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Sviantek Sabalenka. Is that who you picked in the final? Yes. What do you think? I think that if anybody's gonna defend the title, it's gonna be Iga. And like you said, she plays well in slower courts. It suits her game really well. She's a great mover. I just feel like the way she's been playing again, she doesn't, she's like Alcaraz in that aspect. She doesn't make many mistakes if at all. <laughs> and she just seems to be really in the right headspace. I know she didn't play very well in Australia, but maybe that, that just didn't seem to suit her game as well as the courts here in Indian Wells and the tennis paradise so i'm gonna go with iga i do think three sets for that one is a very high possibility but i think she's gonna come out with the edge if she makes the final yeah i was gonna say she hasn't really she did have one set that went to seven six against andreescu in the third round but she hasn't played a three setter yet so she's been pretty convincing so far I yeah. As as some of the other players have had pretty tough, tough matches, maybe a little more tired feeling it in the legs. I'm definitely taking ego to win to, to back it up. I just think she's the best mover and just kind of the, the most complete of, of all these players. So I'm with you. I guess we have the same two winners and uh, there we go. And Ega's a Swifty Taylor sw- Swift kicks off her tour today. So there we go. She just dropped four songs, three Taylor's versions, a song that we've never heard before. Anyways, so we got got our concert that you're going to. Yep. I will be seeing Miss Swift herself, the music industry. She is the music industry industry. (laughs) on June 24th in Minneapolis. I'm lower bowl. I'll be real close to seeing her. I am so beyond excited, but yeah, our girl Ega resident Swifty. So I'm liking that pick. That's tough for, for the Madison golden salary though. You know, she probably dropped one full year's worth on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, we talked about the hunger games, Yeah, the hunger games to get tickets through Ticketmaster. All right. It was a battle. Percent, hundred. It's always the hunger games on there. If it's, if it's somebody big, had the same experience trying to get tickets for Bruce Springsteen. I was unsuccessful. Sounds like you were successful, but luckily it was tough, but you got, you still got to see him. Yep. Ended up a friend had some tickets, got very lucky, but man, <laughs> pre-sales these days are tough. Speaking of music, Hosier, new EP dropped today. If, if you like Hosier, and I love Hosier, good one to check out. Maybe not He's... quite the fan base of T-Swift, but you know, <laughs> quite talented. People still like him. He's kind of trending on TikTok a little bit right now too. Yeah. Resurface yeah, videos. Man is a poet. If you just listen to him talk, you're like, wow, this guy on another level so i'll have yeah. to give it a listen and love it we got a plug speaking of alcaraz and sviantec last year's miami open champs <laughs> uh you met laura sunday in our last podcast she and i will be going down to miami tomorrow morning flight at 6 a.m so that's gonna be fun 
<laughs> We're down there till April 3rd, the long stretch. Tennis One is the official app of this year's Miami Open. Once again, we're super excited about it. If you haven't followed it in the past, the difference for that means that we will be doing our own interviews down there after matches. I'll be, you know, talking to some of the best players in the world just to get, you know, some behind the scenes takes. We definitely try to ask more interesting questions than like just about what happened in the match. You know, unless something really interesting happens, by the time you see the interview, they've probably already played another match. So we ask things like, Coco, are you still on your parents' cell phone bill? You know, <laughs> stuff like, oh, you're Swifty. Like, we, we want to know the behind the scenes on the players. So we'll try to keep those fun for you. Those will be constantly updated in the app. So we'll have all that. If you're going to the tournament, obviously we'll have the map. We'll have parking. We'll have support chat on there. If you have questions, practice court schedule, things like that. So definitely will be an enhanced experience. The two things to mark down, if you're very interested in the Miami Open, we will be live streaming the draw reveals in our crowd live platform. The women's draw reveal is this Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're on the grounds, it's underneath the big video boards on the south side of the stadium. So you can also watch it there in person if you're going to the tournament. The men's draw reveal will be Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So they kind of stagger it at the Miami Open. They start the women's qualifying on Sunday, and then they start the men's qualifying on Monday. And so then the women's main draw will start, I believe, on Tuesday and the men's on Wednesday. So sort of a staggered start for this one, which is a little different than Indian Wells. We'll also have bracket battle for Miami Open which we'll be giving out $250 to the winner of each bracket. So <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Right, Madison? There's no, it's free to enter literally no strings attached. We're just giving away money and some of and it's fun. Thing. So let's not, it's off. fun to pick. Yeah. Come on. Let's, let's get some new winners in there. Definitely check that out. It's super easy to make all your picks. You can even have the thing finish it for you if you want and just pick who's expected to win. Maybe sometimes that is a good method rather than trying to pick up sets. I don't know. But yeah, so we'll have all that. Again, since it's a staggered start, the women's bracket battle will be available first. Uh, and it'll be available probably an hour or two after the draw ceremony. So make sure you check both those things out in our app. We'll be flipping everything to Miami very early on Saturday, probably probably at midnight tonight. So <laughs> It's switching over. You'll see the orange. You'll see the orange. We'll still have Indian Wells scores in there, so just go to the scores tab, tab BNP Paribas open, but Miami's our Super Bowl. App's going to be decked out. Heck yeah, we're ready. We'll do a live podcast at some point from down there. Another draft, I think yes, we talked right. about. Yep, we'll have <laughs> another draft back-to-back. We may have a special guest for that one. We'll see. We'll see if he decides to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you down in Miami. Awesome. Thanks so much, Madison. Bam. All right. Done. Also.